Zane Lowe, Apple Music. What's up? I'm Zane Lowe. Welcome to my interview series and a very special conversation with someone who has captured the world's attention and the name came out of nowhere. Literally overnight, everyone was talking about Little Nas X. But unlike many of his contemporaries and peers, it felt like he was prepared for it. He just grabbed that opportunity and he held on to it. Rode Old Town, rode all the way through town, back around and through town again, over and over again until it was diamond encrusted and certified. But the reason we're talking to Little Nas X is because of what happened next. From the awards he won with that incredible song to his honest and upfront approach to standing up for what he believes in, Little Nas X has forged a real career. And now on the verge of his debut album proper, Montero, we catch up with Lil Nas X to dive into it all. And it's taken time to get there. You know, when you become an overnight sensation, trust becomes a key word. Very few artists have enough trust in anybody to be able to dive into their life story and take you behind the song, behind the timeline. But we got there. And that's what this conversation really is all about. Internet baby, grown up in it, knows how to use it, makes music, comes from a very honest and personal place. There's layers to it. You got to listen to understand it. Don't just be confused by the fashion and by the controversies. Little Nas X is here to make music and he's here to stay. This is my conversation with the one and the only Little Nas X. Enjoy it. This is a obviously a creative place. This is a studio. I mean, you have to be a genius to figure that out. We're surrounded by synths and, and equipment and a basic setup. And it's kind of your classic sort of atypical studio now, bro. Like, you could live here, you could work here. Wait, is this the start of the interview? Dude, always recording. Oh, okay. Do you want a formal introduction? No, this is like you just kind of kicked in and we're having a casual conversation. We're joined today by a phenomenon, an icon, someone who divides opinion as successfully as he has been successful within his own art. Yes, Zane Lowe. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, I, I sort of, I wonder when I come into a place like this, what your relationship is with studios, whether you would feel comfortable going into like a formal recording studio anymore, because I feel like you can record anywhere now, right? Yeah, I just love any studio, honestly, but I love like the comfort of this one specifically, because it just feels like home, you know? Yeah. Why? What, how do you know? Are you a feng shui vibe kind of person? Do you know when you walk in a room that's like, this is comfortable for me? No, just like like the rug. Like, look at this rug. Yeah. Look at this comfortable couch. Yeah. Or as opposed, you know, I go to a studio and then I'm like worried about a random person accidentally walking in and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, because that happens so often. You like to keep a pretty closed environment when you record? Yeah, that too, because, you know, I don't want people hearing my music in, while it's in progress and stuff. Yeah. I hate that. So how do you know when you're ready for people to hear it? When it's completely finished. How do you feel when, that, when that's the case? Like, okay, I don't mind people hearing this now rather than me still kind of analyzing it to the point. When it's like a, a couple of days before it comes out. So, so someone has to tell you it's time, basically is what you're saying. You know, if I love it enough, I'm comfortable enough, you know, I'm going to play it, you know. Yeah. 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 You know, I also like to try to get everybody's opinion on stuff out of my head so I can like make sure I love it first. Yeah. Before anybody else starts like filtering in my head and like making me look at it differently, you know? But I feel like the early records you put out, you were sort of running the whole thing, right? To some degree. 100, but my brother was there too. My brother was there in the beginning, like mm. before he went to the army. Mm. So that was cool. Mm. You getting well with him? Yeah, I get along well with him. He should be getting out soon and you know, maybe we'll do some things. He's, he's into music as well, he loves music? He actually makes, started making music himself. Uh, and he's been trying to become a producer, but you know, it's like it's a lot on his plate with being like in the military. Of course, man. That's a big thing. Oh, well, you know, I'm, I'm sure I speak for everyone. I say, you know, we got to thank him for service, man. You know, that's a real, that's a real commitment. 
Must be crazy for him as well to watch his bro. Like he's doing what he loves, but to watch his bro from a distance. Because even if you're in service, right, you can't avoid the news, So and you're in the news, so it must be mad. You must speak to him sporadically, and he's like, bro, it's so crazy watching this from a different place. It's, it's like insane, because literally like we were together for like the first five months of me making music, mm. and then boom, he leaves. Two months later, I put out my first hit song. I always think when you have the kind of success you've had so quickly, does it make the world feel smaller or bigger? Do you feel like, wow, if I can reach this many people with one song? Well, because you know, when you're growing up and, you, and you're in your bedroom dreaming it up or whatever, wherever you live, I'm sure like everyone, the world seems gigantic. Yeah. Impossible to reach. And then you see the whole world sort of hyper-focus on you. How does that change your perception of what's possible? I think that's actually what made me start to do music because I started to see the world as smaller, you know? Mm. Like, I feel like once you're on the internet all the time, you realize like everything is so connected and nothing's like really out of reach, you know? Yeah. And yeah, I guess that helped me push myself to hop right on in. How long has it been? I started in 2018, 2019, yeah, three years. It's been about three years now. Did you talk about 2018 on the new album? Congrats, by the way. Yeah. Montero, man. Yeah, it's like, you. you must be really proud of that body of work because... I'm so proud. Yeah. I actually committed to that and 100% like gave my all. And you know, yeah, I can say that. I can say that. And we can say that too. When, those who have heard it, um, you've left nothing off. Like it's, you left it all in the room and you've, you've covered almost every conceivable topic I can imagine that has affected you to some degree over the course of your life and before we knew who you were as well. And that's one of the great things about this record is there are real revelations about your upbringing and who you were and versus who you are now and, and how far you've had to come. Yeah. You know, yeah. was it tough to write that stuff, to, to, to go back? It's easy to talk about the haters, I'm successful, you think I'm you suck, haters, right? I'm the best. That's, that's right in front of your nose. Mm -hmm. But to tell a story, about your family yeah. and about how you were perceived as a kid versus how you looked at yourself requires you to dig back and deep. Yeah, um, I guess I was always and still am like afraid of being like any kind of vulnerable because you know the way the world works, like if you tell them your darkest secret the second somebody doesn't like you, they're gonna throw that shit in your face, you know? But there's a theory about this though, because that's how I, we all feel in, in life. That's why we protect ourselves. Mm -hmm. But there's this theory within the arts that is the more that you actually release it and free it, yeah. the less they control it has over you. Yeah, they can't use it against you or you can't use it against yourself, you know? Yeah, yeah. Is that, has that worked for you during the process of this record, uncovering some of these real fears you've had? 100, I feel like the popular phrase of like taking my power back on a lot of things, it was like, okay, if I'm okay with this situation, if I'm okay to acknowledge that this happened or this is happening, then I can be at peace with myself, you know? I sort of feel like we need to start at the end of the record. Because Am I Dreaming is such a powerful moment. I feel on that song, you and Miley Cyrus, who's the guest vocalist and, and collaborator on that song. She's amazing. She, she's the best. She's literally a guy. Um, but before we talk about Miley, the very end of the song, you talk about the hope of not being forgotten, and then there's the sound of a splash. Yeah. And I wonder is like what that represents to you. It represents like the ending. Like the song is basically, let's say you're like on a sinking ship, you know? Right. Everything is going down, or like you're dying basically. And you're having all these thoughts about 
what everybody is going to feel. You know, like you, you can't even like settle in your own death. Like your your mind is like, what's everybody going to think? Am I going to be remembered? Like, am I going to wow. be loved? And then at the end, it's like, you know, death. You know, it's the end of the album. It's kind of like symbolizing like the end of life. You know, and once you see the album cover, it's kind of like a continuous cycle. Yeah. Basically, because I feel like. You know, once we're gone here, we're doing something next somewhere else. I agree with that. But while we're on this planet, if you have any sense of an ambition or a desire to reach people on a massive scale, then that word legacy comes into mind at some point. Mm -hmm. And for you to sort of acknowledge your end, the end of what is your your first significant body of work, like full length, Mm -hmm. would suggest that you're already thinking about how you'll be perceived when you're gone. Because there's a little bit on that song of like, I want to be remembered, but it's also you'll be sorry when I'm gone. That's what I got from it a little bit. I wasn't necessarily trying to get that across. But, you know, I just feel like artists in general, especially like certain demographics of artists, are less appreciated or remembered, like no matter what they do, they may never get their credit or whatnot. And like not even just saying myself, because, you know, I still have a lot to do. Yeah. But there's like a lot of people that have come before me that I've seen like washed under the yeah. rug, you know? Yeah. Or, I mean, honestly, 100%, like gay artists in general yeah. are a lot just swept under the rug. And like, no matter how much they've contributed, you know, it's just like, oh, but, you know, but they, they were gay, so it kind of doesn't count. Or I appreciate them and their queerness on my terms. Yeah. Like, you can be a gay I can appreciate as opposed to just be gay. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that's, I think, oh man, you tell me from, from within inside the community about whether or not you feel that change is, is happening and coming because it is painful to watch artists who represent something so deep be recontextualized and owned by the bigger narrative because it suits that purpose. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Just like looking around and seeing all these other artists who are gay kind of just like pushed to like this box yeah. of these bowl, this bowl of gay artists. And yeah. it's like, you, you're here. And I mean, I feel like, especially right now with female rappers, I think that's so dope that that's happening. Cause we haven't seen this like ever, you know, so many female rappers that are just like fucking killing it. And you know, I feel like a decade from now, it's going to be the same like with gay rappers or any rappers. Like I feel like they're going to be entire trans rappers and mm-hmm. What not just killing it because why not? You know? Why not? Like, the thing is that <clears throat> one of the things I love about the way that you move is that you like to shine a light back on someone's reaction to your music. And you pick your fights really carefully, and sometimes you're just really outspoken and state your, your position. But I feel like there's also times when someone will say something to you or about you, and you sort of almost just point the mirror back at them and show people what they're saying and how they're reacting. And are you okay with being this? Because you, did you hear what you just said about, are you, are you okay with that? Do you know what I mean? It's, it's almost like a martial art, like you absorb the energy of someone else and let them take their own fall. I, I definitely make sure I am picking my fights carefully. And I guess I'm trying to, I try to pick out the ones that I'm like, okay, here's something to actually talk about. Because somebody just like trash gay, there's like nothing there. But if somebody's like, 
you're pushing this and this is destroying black men as a whole and yeah. emasculation and it's like that's a whole you actually this is somebody who actually believes something yeah. versus just an insult you know so it's kind of like let me talk to this person because you never know whose mind is flickering because I've had a lot of views that I've changed within the last three years. And you know? I think as human beings, we reserve the right to change our minds and to learn and grow. That's yeah. actually, in many respects, if you do it the right way, can be very powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I try, I try to never like personally insult people. Just try to um, get my point across, you know? Yeah, you do it really well. And you do it through your music. You subvert beautifully through your music as well. I was speaking to Lizzo about this. I feel like Lizzo does the same thing. She lulls you in with a certain sense of glamour and fun, but then she educates you through the process. And, and that's obviously important I to love you, Lizzo. right? Yeah. It's important that your music is layered. It's more important now than it was two years ago. Think about that two years ago. So, and let's get back to the end of the album and you're working with Miley Cyrus. So I feel like the Cyrus family embraced you at a time when very few people were within the industry. Old Town Road came out and it was either kids loved it or others thought it was a novelty or people straight out hated it, mm-hmm. wanted to disregard it, not even chart it. Absolutely. And here's Billy Ray Cyrus saying, no, I stand by it. Yeah. I feel like the Cyrus family kind of were there for you in a way. Absolutely. They came and they were just like all sweet to me. So how's the relationship with Miley developed? Because, you know, you, you, she's not just part of the family that were there for you, but also she's part of your extended family now within the business. Miley is like just like the sweetest person ever. And I feel like she's one of those people that don't even realize how impactful and how much of a legend they already are and what they have done and what they're doing, you know, right now, like even to this day. And I really admire her and her ability to constantly change herself, you know? Well, she's someone who I think has come out of a predisposed identity. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And had to figure out who she really is. And it's so hard to do. It's so hard to do, and I respect that. I really respect that. And you must relate to it. Absolutely. That's another thing. I guess another thing we, like, can connect on. Like, maybe never spoke about it, but, yeah, I feel that. When was it at its most powerful that all of our perception of who you are versus who you really knew you were or wanted to be, when did it become a crisis for you? I think um, it began like the second August hit, the second August of 2019 hit, but it really hit during 2020, you know? Cause this is like during the time where I'm not like really putting out any music, you know, COVID just hit. I haven't even been really making any music very much. Yeah. And it's kind of like anything that anyone says is like getting to my head, you know? And it's like hitting and I'm like, it was like starting to get to the point where it was like starting to settle in my mind, like, oh my God, they're right. And I was like, wait, no the f- they're not right. I created this. I can create more and more and more and more. And my ceiling is what I decided is, you know? Mm-hmm. I had to force myself back into that mindset because when so many people are saying the same thing, it kind of becomes like, okay, this is truth. How's it getting to you? Are you, absor- are you, are you opening yourself up to, to that feedback? How, otherwise, how does it get to you? It gets to you when it's like, okay, they're saying this and they have this to back it up. So why isn't this true? And I'm also like, I'm not loving what I'm creating right now musically, right. being not that, that it was much, you know, in that time. And I was like, you know, it, it was just hitting. It, it, was, it was hitting and it was hurting and it was really painful to like fail, you know? Were there moments when, even just a fleeting moment when you actually Asked yourself, like, are they right? Like, was this yes. a fluke? 
Yes. You know, you're alone by yourself in your house, like like with COVID and whatnot, and it's like, you're, it seems like everything else just disappears. That's when the world became super big again, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I had to shrink it back down within my mind. Were there moments when, before you were making music and you were out and we knew who you were, where you were sort of trained to be able to deal with these, these kind of, um, misconceptions and these challenges, you know, based on what you experienced as a kid before fame or any of that sort of shit. Like, was, what was your upbringing like? I think as I like first moved with my dad, like after my dad got custody of me and my brother when I was around like nine or 10, I believe that's when I became like the most conscious, like the most self-aware, yeah. you know, and that started to grow more and more, especially like when I got into like Stan Twitter and whatnot, like defending an, another human being and it's like, to me, it's like fighting for what you believe is right, you know, like having something to stand for. That's know? what the internet and social media ultimately afforded you, right? Was that yeah. chance to like believe in something? Yeah, like to believe in something. That's when I like started like questioning like uh, spirituality and like religion and whatnot. Mm. I was like getting into all of this stuff at like 14, you know? Super it was, formative age. Yeah, and that's why like when I hit like 16, 17, like probably super depressing until like college was the worst. Why? You know, I went I went into there like thinking it was not gonna be like high school, but 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 like high school. Yeah, yeah. And you know, I didn't like really have many or any like friends at all except like people I knew from high school. Yeah. You would barely see them smoke smoke all the time. That's like the only time like I would hang with friends, you know, mm -hmm. when I was like smoking. And you know, my family didn't really come down there, not because like they they couldn't they they couldn't because it's like it's really tough, you know, because you're searching for like I think you're searching for not only your place in the world, but you're also searching for people to support you and nurture that experience, yeah. right? At some point, I was just like, you know, maybe I don't deserve that, you know. <laughs> and it was just like, mm. you know, hard period. And then music saves music saved my entire life say like you know I, lo I know like all artists said and I, I truly get it now you know like it gave me an outlet you know to just have more of a purpose you know like have something that i want to dedicate myself to have something i love have something that no i'm, I'm not doing for somebody else because i felt like at some point i was doing college and so one day I can say, well, look, I have this, I have this diploma or, you know, whatever the f So I'm not a f up, I did good in life. So much of what puts us on our path through life is about trying to prove something to someone or somewhere. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, and I think about a song like, it makes sense to me now you talk about the, your relationship with music. I think about a song I like did right now and the lyric, like, you know, I would have died for this, like, I was literally there because I, I, the entire time I was making music, I thought soon I, would, I was going to die for some reason, you know? Wow. Worst anxiety period. You know, I lost my grandmother. And it was the first person that, I, that was close to me that I had ever lost. I was like, oh my God, everything's building up. And then especially when Old Town Road blew up, I was like, oh, I'm definitely dying soon, you know? All of like these artists that were coming into or like starting to pop into the music industry were passing away. I was like, what the f 
happening. I can't even imagine what it must have felt like to have those levels of anxiety and feel like your life is actually under threat, like you're not going to survive this experience while everyone's trying to get your attention. I guess I tried to ignore it until it went away, and then <laughs> that's when like I found like belief in the universe, like mm. for sure. And I was like, oh my god, I'm really like not alone in this. When you were trying to ignore it, most people ignore that kind of pressure with distractions. Mm -hmm. um, dalliances into substances. That's another thing music was for me though. It was like something I love, but it was also a distraction from those thoughts, you know? Right. It's like, oh, those thoughts. Here's the song, guys. That's the healthy way to do it. I mean, the unhealthy way to do it is, is through self-destruction. Did it ever get that bad? Mm, only with, only with weed and but it was more like I would like smoke like seven times a day. And then I didn't even realize I was smoking so much that I had pneumonia and I didn't realize it for like an entire month. Oh, and they were like, oh, you really have to stop really smoking sick. right now. Like there was very like liquid in my lungs. I was, it's crazy. Sick. It's really fascinating kind of hearing these stories because it just put, brings into context some of the lyrics and the lines and the stories that you put into this album. And, and I refer back to what we said at the beginning, which is like you really laid it all out there yeah. for people to hear. What's the song or the line or the story that is most powerful to you on the album? The one that when you put it down in a creative context, it hit, you, it hit hard and you knew you had to have some courage in order to release it. Maybe the third verse on Dead right now, uh, it's when I talk about my mom. And probably because it's like one of those things that's like ongoing in life that I just kind of think like, like why? Like why is this happening? Like why? Yeah, and the thing I think that, that is kind of really interesting about the music that you make is that, is that it's clear to everybody now who's stayed with you and is a fan that there's, you're not a stranger to pain. Like, there's quite a lot of pain on this record, you know? Songs like Void, tough to listen to. You know, Sun Goes Down, a lot of really, really sort of like acknowledgements of tough times that they, they, they go through it. Yeah. Um, how do you sort of put that, how do you make creative out of that? Like, how do you get to that place where you're able to, to, to pull that out? I feel like with this album, I know what I wanted. I know what I want. I know where I want to be in life. And I know that's going to take me being more open and like bringing it out of myself, like no matter how much it hurts or like feels uncomfortable to say things that I need to say. And that's even with like more of the songs on like the sexual side, like with, with Call Me By Your Name, like yeah. in the studio with my friends, like saying this on the song, like that was super uncomfortable, like to the point where it was just like, just kind of trying to awkwardly laugh it away, you know? Right. Then you have to go on stage and you have to perform it, or you choose to go and yeah. perform it and bring it to life. And that's the moment where I feel like, to me, you really remind me of, of like Madonna in that way, in the sense that she would be attacked by all of these factions of society that were offended by the decisions that she made creatively or in performance. Mm -hmm. And rather than apologize for them, she would double down yeah. because she believed that she was right. She and was. yeah, and she became an icon through that space. It takes real courage. What's it like when you're in the moment and you trust your instinct over the other part of your psyche, which is telling you to like, don't do it, it's scary, you're gonna be attacked, it's gonna get louder, it's gonna get more intense. How do you get yourself over that, that line? A lot of times, 
what I've started to do is like use that as a guide, you know? Because a lot of times I feel the things you're most afraid to do are the things that you really need to do. <laughs> That's what helped me the most like in these past three, four years in, you know, trying to guide myself through my career and life in general. Does it get scary at times though when you, you perform or you do something and then... I feel like, you know, I'm still uh, on a constant journey of that, you know? Yeah. And I'm really going to need people to bear with me because, you know, even a lot of the things I like say and feel now, like I may not feel the same way in two years, you know? Do you want to keep your options open? That's what you're saying, rather than be boxed in again. Yeah, still, I, I still don't want that. And I, that's, that's another reason, like, I want people to, like, look at me more of, like, as someone just who's saying, you know, do what you want to do yourself but like try to respect other people but don't look at me as this perfect hero who's not going to make mistakes and should be the voice for everybody or something like no you're the voice for you you know but the people that you've chosen to work with on this record i feel really reflect that and and, and in many respects they are outliers and outlaws right. in their own right and that wasn't even on purpose honestly that was not on purpose but these people definitely are you know, Doja Cat has been through some challenges and has shown real strength and come through with incredible music, right? She is one of my biggest inspirations right now. Can we talk a little bit about that? How does she inspire you? Well, it first starts with just like watching the VMAs last year, like seeing her like out there looking like a fucking star. It literally made me start going to the gym because I was like, I want to get in shape because I want to start doing crazier, better performances. performances. And I just want to be in shape in general, you know? And just like her music, she's diverse. Her videos and her, her, her personality is like really colorful and, and pop. And she's funny. She's a fun person. She takes, she takes things seriously, but doesn't take things seriously. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like she takes what she does seriously. Like you can tell she puts a lot of effort into everything she does, but she's not going around like, I am the best. I am yeah. the queen of everything. And rightfully so, she could say that. She's also an internet kid. And you talked about at the beginning about, because um, I was trying to figure out, you know, who supported you? Where did you get that support? Where did you find your voice mm -hmm. when you're a divorced kid and you're trying to figure out where you fit in the family dynamic and then you don't feel like education is going to be the place where you have the best time of your life. And so where do you go, right? You go online. Yeah. And you develop your voice online. And, and more than that, you learn how to weaponize it. And I wonder sort of like, genuine question, even though people talk about the internet now, it's almost a cliche, but you've used it in a way that is so powerful. You've used it as a marketing tool, you used it as a communication device, all these things really, really carefully. What it means to you, because to me, it feels like it's the biggest weapon in your tool outside of your creative. Mm -hmm. I guess I didn't realize like how great I had become at doing like internet stuff and people started telling me so I was like is not is everybody not using right, the internet this right, way right but yeah you you learn so much like subconsciously just doing the things that you do on the internet or to like push and promote other people or just like to defend other people or other groups of people and whatnot and yeah it, it, it's 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 come across that's a great tool but the really interesting thing about the internet is it can be seen either way it can either be seen as a tool for good or bad or yeah. it can be also and as widely considered now amongst those who are a bit more cynical as just really a, a, an opportunity to market and i think that's probably the one area which people who aren't offended or turned off by your music or your stand or your lifestyle or any of that stuff 
The only other area that I think that they sometimes have struggled is that they've, they've felt that maybe you exist more as a, in, a, in a marketing, like, I say these things because it creates the right attention in order for me mm -hmm. to get past things. Have you felt that? Have you felt that there's, that there's been some confusion over how much of an artist you truly are versus someone who can actually use the internet to get attention? I definitely feel, you know, a lot of people um, see me as just like, give me this, give me attention, give me, give me this, I want all. Yeah. But it's more of like, I just created art. I am going to use this for good, and I am going to get people to pay attention to it. Yeah. It's, it's not that at all. It's more of, I created this, I'm going to work hard to get it out there in every corner of the world, and I'm going to be myself while doing that, you <laughs> know? Wow, man, it's such a clear realization you seem to come to, and this album's obviously really helped you. I think of a song like One of Me being a really important moment. I feel like that's just like a beginning and end. Here, there it all is. Like anything you can level at me or have said about me since I became successful, unexpected or not, mm -hmm. is in that song. How did it feel to make that song? You know what's crazy? That was actually one of the first songs I made like in 2019. Because I did think that when I was listening to it, I was like, well, you've sort of gone past a lot of this stuff and yet this song still reflects that period. Yeah, it's still like aged like really well. Like, because a lot of these things like are still said or like are still like bumbling around yeah and regardless like wanting i wanted people to know like the things that i was hearing and the things that i was seeing and feeling and even in that song yeah like those are some of the things like i started to feel about myself too you know so it's like things people are saying to you and things you're throwing on yourself and it's like into this one song you know yeah because you dance between the first, second, and third person in the, in, in the beginning of the song, it's like, you, it feels like you're talking to somebody else. It was, it was from all of those perspectives. Alton on piano on that song. It's perfect. Beautiful, fantastic. Does exactly what he, you know, what he needs to do on that. Um, what's your relationship like with, you know, the, the, the single most beautiful, wonderful, influential, supportive artist to artists on the planet? Me and Elton actually, like, we're not like super close to anything, but he's been like so supportive and just like even being like like come on elton john is on my album and just a really powerful voice i think for the queer community too and somebody who has done lifetimes upon lifetime upon lifetimes of just work a star right stepping up yeah when you came out when you eventually came out and made it clear to everybody who hadn't seen the signs um were you surprised that the people were shocked because i know that your initial reaction was like didn't you figure it out? Um, I knew some people would be shocked. Cause you know, a lot of people, when they hear a song, they like maybe look up the artist and like don't think much, don't, don't get too involved in their life or what they're talking about mm -mm. or their captions or what they're posting on their story or whatnot. So then it's just like, wait, like what the f you know? Cause there's a lot of songs I like right now and I've seen the artist's face, but I have no idea about them outside of that. You yeah, know? yeah. So that's how it was for like people. It was like, oh, this cowboy country? Wait, huh? How is that possible? <laughs> Boobies. Uh, you know, there are artists that before you that came out and, and made R&B or make hip hop or make music within that framework who came out and said, I want you to know who I am, who I really am, not who I should be based on the kind of music that I make, right? Mm -hmm. And where I stand artistically and have pushed the boundaries that way. And yet it, it still is divisive. It's divisive amongst music in general, right? Whether it's country, hip hop, whatever, mm -hmm. um, that, that, that you would come out and be yourself. And I sort of wonder like how much you feel a responsibility 
for the community that, that you're a part of and how much you just want to live your life and let everyone else figure it out? I feel responsibility. I don't know if I want to say a lot, but it's like, it's certain things that I, I see in the world that fuel me to go harder, you know, or like put even more effort or to, you know, make sure I'm getting across. Cause I feel like, like I've said this before in the past, you know, when people come out as gay or whatnot, it becomes like, okay, let's sanitize the hell out of this. Let's mm. make sure it's like appropriate and super safe. And it's kind of like where they don't do anything that's considered too far, you know? Mm. Even the things that we see other artists doing. And even to defend ourselves, we have to say, oh, well, you do it. people have done it first. You do it. We have, like, I feel like we still haven't reached a place where I can do something right now that no straight person has done, like, that's considered too far. Because mm. then it's really too far because no straight person has done it yet. Mm, 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 you know what I'm saying? Mm. Yeah, it makes total sense. And it, and it makes sense in your performances as well. Because you're right, all you're doing is just changing the context of what someone else has done over and over again for generations within their own environment. And you're just doing it as it comes naturally to you. I'm just trying to point out some hypocrisy. Yeah. Some of the other songs that really stand out for me on the record as well is What I Want. And we danced on this a little bit when we spoke recently about the idea of actually being able to form functional and, and strong relationships in a world that is just transient and fast. Is that kind of what that song's about? Just searching for something more meaningful? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And yeah, that's what that song's about. <laughs> I feel like I often, in like Hollywood or just like my life since I got famous, we'll get into like these relationships that would be like, done, done. It was kind of like, damn, I really want somebody that's gonna wanna make me want this more. Than the other stuff. Not than the other stuff, but just want this more in general. Like want this enough to incorporate this into my life yeah. and want to spend time outside of my career, you know? Yeah, yeah. And that hasn't happened yet. And a lot of times I'll be like, oh, poor me. I just want somebody <laughs> to love and, but, you know. When you finish the music and you start thinking about the artwork and you start thinking about like the way you're gonna- Do you like the album cover? Yeah. Have you got it? Can you show me? Yeah. Here it is. Wow. That is so vivid. My God, that's unreal. Who did this? Uh, Charlie Chops. What was he, like, what did you say? What were the key sort of... It's from this art called Genesis 2, right? Mm -hmm. I saw this randomly in this guy who I was dating's dorm room. Wow, this is so beautiful, look at this. Yeah, it's incredible. It's almost too much to take in. I mean, that's the kind of thing you could stare at for a very long period of time and still discover things over and over and right? over again. It's called Genesis 2, yeah. right? In, yeah. in Genesis 2, it's like, I read it, it was kind of like the final day of like God like making his work or something and he's resting. Mm. And you know, I feel like that for me is like, okay, I've been making this, I've been creating this. This is the final day and it's out to the world. And it has a really, it does have kind of like a, uh, a spiritual feeling about it. That's what this has been for me. This has been a spiritual journey, this album. <sighs> what was some of the, um ways that you were able to enjoy it, not just creating it, but enjoy it. How did you make a, a world for yourself 
there were great producers and people you collaborated with. What was important? What were the constants about making this record that made you feel safe? I was really just making music. Uh, a lot of things would start just melody runs. Yeah. Like we just doing a bunch of different melodies over an instrument or a loop that I'm like in love with or like liking a lot and like seeing, okay, where can we take this? And then from there, with just the melodies, I was like, I already know what this song is about. Let me fill in these with words. Mm. And it just worked almost every time. And you know, we chopped down more and more and more until I got the ones that I felt the most were the most important for me. How the many album. songs or how many ideas, like estimate roundup, do you reckon you've, you, you have for this record? Maybe like almost a hundred. What do you think, Dins? You guys should come join us if you're up for it. Come sit down and talk about the process of making the music with Nas if you want. Appreciate that. Of course, pleasure to meet you. I'm Denzel. I'm Zane. Nice to you meet guys you guys never met? Never. never met. That's kind of crazy. I just feel like you guys would have met Zane for some reason. Good to see you, man. Zane, how are you? Congrats on finding the most comfortable wood cabin in the Hollywood Hills. Thank you. This is, nice. <laughs> this is a nice spot. It was a process, but we found it. It's funny, I was talking to somebody, I can't remember who it was, an artist. The idea of the residential studio, right? Living in a place where you create. It's sort of the dream, but it took decades for people to figure it out. Now technology affords you to do it. Like, how did you guys make this a process where it was manageable? Did you work all day, all night sometimes? Did you work within time frames? Like, what's your process of actually creating together? The real process, I feel like started after the pandemic, mm. when yeah. there were no more studios. And then that was the only way to really do it. So our studio, was in New York and you know we were from New York and kind of going back and forth so we didn't really have something out here and then Nas was like called us one night was like all right we're gonna just make this album like right now and I was like well it's a pandemic so like what are you how are we gonna do it and then he just got a, a Airbnb and we took all the equipment that we had shipped some stuff out from New York brought it all over here and then we just set up in a house and Nas was staying there and we would just come every morning like every day like it was a job yeah like a job well i mean that's it's funny you say that because people often try to like separate the idea of art and job but it is like you need to put the hours and it's like anything else how did you find california being new yorkers coming out here i mean i definitely think we we especially now like we truly just love working out here you know and i think uh at least what we've been able to find in terms of space yeah you know when we're when we're working in new york it was a small little <laughs> basement studio in Soho and like this is a great place it's, yeah it's, like we, it's, it's we where made, we made rodeo yeah, yeah. yeah. And, it's a great you know, place even finished panini there like like most producers or artists i've known for two or three albums they'll be like i need to get back to that tiny room there's something about that room there's something magic about that room you've obviously moved around a little bit are you in a different zone now where you kind of like you feel different making music in different spaces yes i would say like the space is almost the most important if not one of like the most important things yeah in the in the process because you know there's so many factors that can help or hurt the creation so like having our own space yeah. and you know always having a place that we're like comfortable with and that you know the distractions kind of fall away like in here yeah. you know it really changes it changes everything i feel like comfort was a really important part of this process for you i mean one of the things that keeps coming up in our conversation is um wanting to have a safe place to create and not feel all of that bullshit that comes with like success and expectation and everything else you know did you recognize him going through that process while you were making this record trying to find his authentic voice and not 
be affected by the success of Old Town Road and whatnot? Yeah, when we first met, it was almost like a speed dating session. You know, yeah. like we all walked into the room and like magically made Panini like first time meeting. Yeah. Um, but from there, it was you know, we truly spent enough time together where it has evolved more than just being friends. Like I look at Nas and I look at Denzel as like my brothers, you know. And through this process, like you know, we've been making music together every single day since the start of the pandemic, like through these records, like we're learning about one another, Yeah, you know? And it's really been such like a magical experience, like being able to uh, live that with people that I truly like call family. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and how far we've come just from the first day meeting on Panini to creating a whole album together, you know? As soon as you guys sat down, I was like, oh, I could feel you would just relax and feel really good around the guys. Because obviously, like a really strong bond you have, and you keep your producers and collaborators tight, right? There's not too many people on the record aside from these two. Yeah, it's uh, mostly Day Trip, a few with John Cunningham. Yeah. Uh, Nick's on, Nick Mirror's on one. Yeah. Omer. Yeah, and Omer. Omer was on a lot of a these. A lot of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Omer's been a great help. I was surprised to see Kanye's credit. Yeah. What's his role in industry, baby? So, you know, we've basically been working on the song for like a year and I went in to meet Kanye. Yeah. And he was like super cool. Uh, I, he played me like his album. He's played everybody's album now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you got a, an early early rendition of Donda. Yeah. Uh, really talented man. And I played him some of some of the songs that I, I had been working on. He was like, he could add something to uh, Industry Baby. And he did like, he add like some horns and stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, he, he really helped really just beef up the horn section like a lot. Yeah, he beefed that up a lot. And just like the acknowledgement from him or like him just like even add himself to that, like that's a great look for all of us. So we're just really thankful for that. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, it's it, like I said, I, I got a surprise because I'm not used to you sort of like, like I said, I'm used to you working with people that you that it feels like friendships and family and like, oh, I nearly need these people around me that truly understand what, I'm, what it is I'm trying to say. What do you love about working with Daytrip? Just um, to keep it incredibly I, awkward while I sit on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, I feel like um, it's always, we're always able to do something new or they're always able to like, oh, this, I don't know about this, but let's go through with it anyway. Because... I feel like a lot of times I've been in kind of like some sessions and when producers like aren't feeling it, like they will like check out completely, but you know, like they stay in and then it can be something that wasn't even that great and then yeah. it would be like super fucking hot, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I feel like that's the best thing. Also like they're just like great people. We've grown to, to know each other on a deeper level than, okay, let's make a song, bye, you know? And I think from our end too, you know, just, being able to create so many songs in different genres, like really we step in and like everything is just, we're fearless. That's one of the things know? I love about this record is like I mentioned some of the songs before, like even your vocal performance on, is it Salem when you really lay it, lay it on the line? I mean, that's like proto early nineties grunge to me in a really weird way. And I know you you love music, right? love music like beyond even the music you make in the genre you would be mistakenly put into mm -hmm. i think we're all figuring out now that it goes way beyond any genre for you i really just love the art of creating music you know yeah yeah like i don't that's why i'm never like trying to 
target anyone specifically. Of course, I know like songs that will gravitate to people more. Yeah. But I felt like it was really important to put like a a Salem or like a Am I Dreaming or yeah. like a Void on this album for for that very reason, you know. Well, I mean, but I've always like loved your the, what would be the, considered the weirder side of what you do, at least at the beginning. I and mean, we've talked about that on Seven, and I'd yeah. be like, oh, that is the one, like the fast, crazy, strange one. And also vocally, it should be acknowledged on this in this conversation as we kind of like try to collect some thoughts to sort of frame this era, that vocally there are some incredible performances. I mean, you're going toe to toe with Miley Cyrus. She's probably the preeminent female, sort of one of the preeminent female vocalists of our time. Literally. There's nothing she can't sing. She's incredible. Especially after some of the other songs. Like, what was the hardest vocal for you to do? What was the toughest one? Yeah, probably it probably was Salem, now that you say that. It probably was the hardest one. And at the end of Am I Dreaming? Is it Am I yeah, Dreaming? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That was hard too. The end of Am I Dreaming and that. And just like the more like falsetto-y parts, especially like doing those a million times. Yeah, that's because that's like songwriting, I feel at a different level. I feel like that's why I'm so happy that finishes the record as a fan because I'm like, oh, that's where you're going? I was one of the early, early, early Yeah, ones. super early, early ones very before we were ones. like finishing any songs. And it was just kind of sitting there for a long time. And it was like, like, you know what, let's go back to this and finish it. You have this crazy perspective, because I, I try to put it in a context from a, a, a conversationalist point of view, which is trying to get from the outside inside in an hour. But you've been working with him now for such a long time that you must see in him things he doesn't even see in himself at times. And look to each other and go, shit, like I don't even think he knows where he's going. Does that ring true? A hundred percent. Which is crazy because like I feel like our first session, we where we did Panini, you know, you like Nas only made a, a certain amount of songs before, and it wasn't like you know David and I went to school for music and we've been studying music for our whole lives, and you know we know like these weird intricacies of you know how to do this, how to do that, and our first session, you know, we have like a the outline of Panini, and then Nas just like sitting there for what was like an hour or two, just like thinking and not really saying anything and me and David are just like <laughs> you gonna jump in bro <laughs> yeah yeah and then uh he's just like okay take this move this here cut this in half move this in the intro take this last part move it here <laughs> and I'm just like you know doing it and we're just like okay and then we look at it and it's like oh shit. he just took the outro, made the intro, yeah. made a pre-chorus because there wasn't a pre-chorus doubled the chorus here and doing all these things that were like you know, if you were to arrange a song and be like a master mm. song arranger, a producer, that's kind of like what you would do based on where he was going vocally with it. And he's just doing all, it's all instinct for him. Yeah, all yeah. intuition. And then as we go, it gets like crazier and crazier yeah, yeah. where he's like, something's wrong with that vocal. And we go in the vocal chain, it's like one plug in, the EQ is like two dB off. But this like, is awesome. This is the shit that I wanted to get to because this is stuff that you're too, either too humble or, or too stupid? No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> to acknowledge because... Too, yeah. too stupid. No, to acknowledge because... Has to be the trailer for this video. <laughs> <laughs> because, because the thing is, right, I think what this album is going to really achieve, and hopefully this conversation will help, is to, is to really establish that this isn't just some weird freak show pop moment in time where you had a big hit and now you've like had these moments that either turn people on or turn people off that there's a real lifetime ahead of you a real journey so get on board or don't but this is it right this is what you do yeah. and this is it and this matters this shit matters and i think for two people like yourselves who 
you're coming from a different place. You're coming from New York. You're coming from working with different kinds of artists. It must have been really rewarding for you to be a part of this project. And especially when I'm sure you've had friends of yours or other artists go, are you working with him? Has that happened? Like, uh, because of the perception of it versus the reality of what you know, is that, has that happened? I mean, we've definitely, obviously even recently seen people say things on the internet. Yeah. Um, that is, you know, it's just for, for us working with, you know, we know Nas. Exactly, you know, you like, know what, is, what it means yeah, in, the, it, in the big picture, in the and, long term. And seeing those kind of things is really hurtful when it's like you know who this person is yeah. and what he's capable of, the things that he's done for me, he's done for Denzel, like even in our personal lives. Like this is one of the most amazing human beings I've Stop, please. And I, and I no, mean that, that's I mean that. You know, like they, you truly are like one of, the, one of the greatest human beings that I've had the pleasure of meeting in my entire life. And because of Nas and because of Denzel and because of what we've been able to do together, like all our lives have changed, you know, to, to really such an exciting place. It's awesome. I mean, when we spoke a couple of weeks back and, I, and, and I'd hope we would get a chance to talk, this, I wanted to get this place where we could kind of just get, get beyond all of the internet crazy and all of this, all the misconceptions and whatnot, and hopefully we got there, you know. And there, hopefully there'll be more conversations to come, dude, because like, I feel like you're going, you're not gonna stop. This is your life now, right? This is my life. We're just getting started. Just getting started. Really are. Really are. Thanks for checking it out. Make sure you add a comment. Follow me on social media, at Zane Lowe on Twitter and Instagram. Those are my chosen spots. My conversation with Lil Nas X, ever fascinating. And uh, as I said before, I really feel like we are having a conversation with someone who is going to have a long and electrifying career. He already has, and it's only been a few years. It happens fast these days. All right, back next week with another one in the interview series. Take care.